Hello and welcome to All the Best Bits, another audio commentary and it's a surprise one and it's a special one because aside from my usual co-host, Will, hello, we're also joined by a guest for this one. Yep. You might have seen one of his uh, scary movies recently, which was called uh, Hole in the Ground. It's a writer pal of ours. His name is Stephen Shields. So Stephen, how are you getting on? Hey boys, what's the story? <laughs> Very good. Good to have you on, Stephen. The random dub with the two Carconians watching movies. Not bad. <laughs> well, we outnumber you, so that's the main thing. It's a way um, to make a that's living. That's true. <laughs> it is, apparently. I, <laughs> How are you? I'm personally glad that uh, you, you bought her on this because I have done no homework for Halloween and uh, I haven't watched <laughs> it in... You're getting, um, um, you're getting too reliant on saying that at the start of every episode to sort of get yourself off the hook. Um, I'm so glad you're here because I've done all my homework for Halloween. I know every shot and how it was uh, constructed. (laughs) We should say this is for Halloween 1978, the original, the John Carpenter classic. A good one. Yeah. Although I kind of like the sequel reboot. The zombie one or the... No, not that one. David Gordon Green one. So there's been two reboots. There's been two reboots. Both called Halloween. yeah, oh. technically there's kind of been well, a remake and then a, a soft reboot so a remake and then obviously after Halloween 3 it's a bit of a kind of go back to the well it's got a it's got a Wait. crazy uh, um, timeline that series they, they can tend to keep changing their mind every few films it's one of those weird ones where because I'm a massive fan of the box set here at home with a DVD actually I got it years ago and it's just so funny there's yeah. Kim Newman does a documentary on it and uh the makings of the films are actually just really entertaining to watch because obviously they do one, two, then they just do a departure for number three. Yeah. And then they go back to Michael Myers at four at the behest of the producers because they realize Michael Myers makes money. He does. Although I love part three. Yeah, I love part three as well. I would I would love to get my hands on it because oftentimes it's a, if you've got a good making of doc with a DVD, Jesus, that's, the pro, that's worth the price of the DVD. I and, used uh, to I used to buy DVDs just for the audio commentaries, just for this shit. Mm, I used to just yeah. love, you know, just sitting down on, and hearing, well, the Carpenter commentaries with Kurt Russell. Those are as yeah. enjoyable as the films. They really are shooting the shit. We really have to up our game for this one. Yeah. <laughs> We weren't there. That's the only problem. We weren't. We didn't make Halloween. That's no, a, that's and you know, the last flaw. time I was in LA, I could have gone to. Uh, I think it's Pasadena where they shot the the original, mm. and walked along yeah. the streets and uh, stood at that bushes and all that kind of thing. And I ran out of time and I got it, but because uh, that's like a, a hallowed uh, movie ground for me. Mm. When I first went to LA. I marched up and down the Walk of Fame to try and find Jamie Lee Curtis as a star on the Walk of Fame. <laughs> how many times, how many attempted muggings were you involved in and how many times did you have to avoid urine? <laughs> it is a pretty, it is a bit of a shithole, the Walk of Fame. It's awful. It's awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whenever you see them on the fucking, on the, when they're getting their star and they're lying on the pavement and they're, you know, in their fancy dresses and you think, yeah, you're right outside a sex shop and there's a, a homeless person <laughs> that's, you know, has passed out and... yeah. That's crazy. Uh, I think I did. I walked down there. Uh, when, that's when I when I was when I go to places on my own. I just do a lot of walking, just try and get the feel of it. And in, in LA Los Angeles, is the perfect one city the, for it. Yeah, LA is a perfect city, and it's also not the perfect city because if you look on a map, you go, "Ah, oh, sure, it's just down the road." Cut to like four hours later, and I'm sweating buckets, <laughs> and you know. Avoiding uh, avoiding a, a shootout and uh, seeing people getting arrested and uh, yeah, it's um, well yeah. It's- this is coming out on Halloween night, 
Uh, obviously, this isn't live, so we're recording this ahead of time. But what are your plans, lads, for Halloween? Are you going to go trick-or-treating? Are you going to put on your bin bag costume and your plastic Halloween mask and go egging the neighbours? Well, I don't know about you, Stephen, but like, I was deprived of my Halloween fix, uh, trick-or-treating fix last year, so I'm going full <laughs> on this year trick-or-treating. My neighbours better watch out. Yeah. You know, um, you know, and uh, I've been working on my costume for well over. Like, you know, listen, it's it's hard to make uh, Leia return to the Jedi <laughs> golden bikini, and I'm growing my hair out to be so I can, you know. See, <laughs> I'm of the belief that Halloween is not a sexy holiday; it's a scary holiday. So you should go as something scary. I I agree. I think it's a scary. Well, what we do in our house every year is we decorate our house to the maximum. So like we dig graves out in the garden and put skits. Jesus, like that's, that's cool. <laughs> I love it. No, well, the, I, I, the, the, the big kind of bone of contention in my family is that I like Halloween and I don't like Christmas. I'm the exact same. Oh my God. I like Halloween. I like the idea of Halloween. I like people, kids going around scaring people and fireworks and bonfires and I like all that stuff. And then Christmas, I'm just like, uh, we'll watch Home Alone and Lost New York for the fifth time this day. I'll sit down, I'll watch the thing. That's my yeah. Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah, I can. I, I like them both, but I hate summer. So can I? Uh, is that a trade off? Can I do it that way? Mm. This is my favorite time of the year. I love the smell in the air. I love the. Yeah. I love the the vibe. I just think it's um, yeah. it suits me. Wait, that's so true. I'm the exact same. So all three of us. Are you? A, are you an autumn guy as well, Steve? Yeah, I don't. I, I'm not a massive fan of the summer. I actually prefer. We're, we're Irish. Oh well. my god, we're right. But we're also look the other comment. We're writers as well. Yeah, I prefer writing in the dark when it's dark. Oh, same. I don't prefer. Oh yeah, you. Oh, when the weather's kind of shitty outside, yeah. I love the turn of the year. I love this. This last couple of weeks, I've I had this like real like burst of energy when it comes to writing versus during the summer it's just like a slug it's, it's just called like, the deadline oh. will there's no there's no. oh yeah oh See, deadlines i'm the opposite in that i can't write when it when it's dark out so when oh. it comes to the winter time when the days are so short i get fuck all done i need the long stretch in the evenings in order to you know get into the zone and just keep plowing away i need sunshine i'm like can't write at night hmm, that's interesting nothing good comes of it oh no God. i prefer i prefer to sitting down with a cup of tea Writing for 45 minutes, going on YouTube for 45 minutes, then doing 15 and switching off. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> I'm impressed you go for 45 minutes. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's three, times, three times my attention span. <laughs> well, what we're going to do, right, is we're going to sync up the film at a Compass International Pictures logo, just when that's gone from red to orange. Okay. Seven seconds in, and we're going to hit play. Will is looking absolutely petrified already. <laughs> I'm you. Oh, I'm actually on the right player. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Yeah, I'm ready. To, I'm synced up. I'm ready. Hundred yeah. percent. Okay. So here we go. In three, two, one, play. Oh, here we Will. go. Compass International. I don't know. say it. I'll okay. say it then. And we're off. What? We're off. And we're off. Mustafa, a kid. Do you know what happened to him, actually? He was killed in Egypt by a terrorist attack. Yeah, I read that, yeah. What? I watched a documentary about it before because his son is the producer on H2O. Nice. Yeah. So he's kind of the, the kind of, I would say, the bearer of the. Yeah, the, he's the sort lineage. of inherited it, the, the, the franchise. Deborah Good Hill. old Deborah Hill. Yeah. See, these names mean nothing to me. Deborah Hill? She Deborah Hill, she yeah. also did Adventures in Babysitting. Uh, oh. she was uh, she was John Carpenter's missus for a while she produced a lot of his oh, films 
And um, for anyone anytime, that's Irish, misses his partner. Partner. <laughs> and anytime Jamie Lee Curtis is talking about the new film, she always gives a shout out to Deborah Hill because she credits her with writing the female parts in the script, getting them to have that authenticity. Well, that's how they wrote it. Apparently, is that uh, John Carpenter wrote all the kind of Donald Pleasant stuff, and Deborah Hill wrote all the kind of babysitting stuff because she knew that kind of dialogue in her head from doing babysitting. So that's how they kind of wrote the script, half and half. Dean Cundy, the legend. What else did Dean Cundy do? Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. Yeah, I was wondering why his name was familiar. Tommy Lee Wallace. <laughs> he directed Part 3 and also the it, it, it the miniseries. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're talking about Tommy Lee Wallace. I was talking about um, Dean Cundy directed the third Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movie. Oh, wait. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. That's yeah, Tommy Wallace. Tommy Wallace seems to be the kind of John Carpenter guy. He's like, I have a sequel. Would you like to direct it? Because he's done like Vampires Lost Muertos as well. Oh, did he do that? Yeah, he did Vampires Lost Muertos. He did the second Fright Night. He's directed. Did he do the boy who could fly? I think he did do that. Yeah. Yeah. Haddonfield, Illinois, and this does not look like Illinois. Fate Town. Fate Town Haddonfield doesn't exist. So you're you yeah, just saying something like that. this? Uh, you said this is all shot in Pasadena. Is that what you said? Yeah, in LA. Yeah, for four hundred thousand dollars. Shit. So didn't I mention this? I think will in the single take scene. Yes, you did. Yeah, yeah. So this whole opening is all one take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, they they based it on uh, Touch of Evil, which was John Carpenter and Deborah Hill's favorite film. Yeah, because it has that great take. That's sort of the Jim Lee Curtis's mom in it. Yes, and uh, Charlton Heston playing a Mexican. Yeah, which is always a good start to the day. You'd never get away with that today. Every time, no, I see a a single take shot. I'm just going, thanks, Garrett Brown, the inventor of the Steadicam (laughs) device. Yeah. So this was the Panaglide. So it was, I think, it was the rival to the Steadicam. It doesn't look like it has the same flows as as the Steadicam. No, it looks a bit jiggery. I think it is the Panaglide actually. I watched so many documentaries about the making of this film. I know when the the you can see the camera or the light stand pointed out that they forgot to move. I think it's on the way back down the stairs. So when when they were doing this, no, it was absolute chaos behind the camera. It was all like go go go, move in, move the lights, move this out of the way, move this into shot. Yeah, it was all um, very yeah, like, like an OK Go type music video. So yeah, I assume they've gone upstairs now to shag. Leaving a pumpkin lit, lit on the porch, which is very irresponsible. <laughs> <laughs> and this is known as the, the fastest shag in cinema history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is. So all the sound of this would is obviously like ADR. It's all Foley. There's nothing recorded like, you know, live. I don't know. It, yeah. And this, this is, is Deborah Hill's hand. Yes, it is Deborah Hill's hand. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. You see, guys, I didn't know. It's the most awkward taking of a knife out of a drawer as well. It kind of jams and then comes <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, it gets stuck. There's a there's a moment, actually, I think it was in one of the documentaries where John Carpenter says, there's a cheat in this shot, which is as he's stabbing the, the sister, killing her, he looks up at the knife sort yeah. of in his hand and it's like, why would he look in that direction? It's like, why would he look up and you'll see it coming up. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. This is such a great shot, though. I, just, I remember the first time I ever saw it, it's gone. This is so cool. Just see something on the one take. Oh, you're so right. That is the shortest shag in cinema history. Like, he has his pants back on already. My God. I mean, it's not that short. It might have been a bit 
through the fly type of scenario. <laughs> or no, no, you know what happened? It was uh, definitely a premature situation. It's like, He's oh, like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but if you see the um, the trailer to the new one, I think it's, oh, wait, no, Halloween Kills. This house is replicated exactly. Oh, brilliant. So. This is such a good, I think the, the mask over the camera is just so good here. I fanboy over this movie. I just It's one of my favorite horror movies ever. Well, same. I saw this at a ridiculously young age. I saw it when I was just under six. <laughs> and um, It's crazy, Kevin. It is crazy. But yeah. then again, it sort of just rewired my brain. It's like, you know, when you get touched by a stranger and you sort of have a Kevin, weird... Kevin, nipple, <laughs> nipple. <laughs> There's going to yeah. be more nipples coming up. Just a quick look to the bed where the world's fastest shag happened. <laughs> Guinness will be around to now yeah he looks away yeah oh no cover cover up I mean it, when you realise yeah. who's doing it she could have just kicked the living shit out of him because rather yeah. than standing there like going ouch um, so Stephen when's the first time you saw this what age are you I was I'd say I was about 12 maybe younger it was like one of the I think the, the, the you see the the light pole around here somewhere now uh, I said when I was 12 it was like the first do you know that kind of like your friend has a VHS copy of something and you're like, oh, what's that? And I was like, Halloween, you're not allowed to watch it. Oh, we're definitely watching that. <laughs> Did he have like, in one hand, Halloween, in your hand, matches. Halloween yes. or matches. Halloween or matches. <laughs> Halloween or matches. <laughs> so this is always quite an awkward shot to me. Because the parents just stand there. They just stand there and the mother puts her hands into her pockets. <laughs> like He's done it like, again. Not, not this again. <laughs> <laughs> she's just because you can tell this is probably for her like take 12 and she's like fucking hell but what I what, I, what I always annoyed me as well is the lights are on in the background and he's like it's like very well lit house like the upstairs lights yeah. like are off and on and it's it, there's no real consistency to it, but it's pretty it's still pretty fucking good opening to a movie so that house that you just saw there they picked it up and they moved it about 100 yards down the street that's the thing that they do in the states an awful lot they actually move houses oh god literally yeah. Yeah, they just raise them up, put them on a flatbed truck, drive down the road, and plop them down again. That's incredible. I've seen a video online where they moved a hotel 90 degrees. Oh, no, like in America, back in, back in the olden days, they moved a hotel 90 degrees. It's crazy. Why was that to face the sun? Having a clue, but it's just a video. <laughs> so here we go. So this, this uh, actress here, a nurse, uh, Marion, named after Marion from uh, Psycho, She's oh, yeah. appeared in as many, almost as many Halloween movies as Jamie Lee Curtis. She's murdered in H2O, as far as I remember. Yeah, she's killed at the beginning of H2O. And she's also, if you've seen the trailers to the to the Halloween Kills, she's killed in the next one as well. Oh, my God. Oh, that's just bad luck. So, so she survives this one, spoiler out for myself. And she survives the second one. And Okay, right, keep going. So she's in every one of them that she just never gets killed until the reboots happen. Till the reboots, they bring her back for the reboots and, and rip her apart. Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> because they don't have Donald Pleasance anymore, so she is the sort of the um, Donald Pleasance um, psychic, I suppose, or assistant. Mm, yeah, yeah. And she's also married to um, the guy who directed Halloween Two and Halloween Resurrection. Oh, Rick! Oh, is it? I can't remember. Yeah, Rick Rosenthal. Rick Rosenthal. Yeah, yeah. 
Will is just absolutely bamboozled by our useless trivia on this. But I'm genuinely sitting here going, oh, wow, okay. Didn't know any of this. I didn't know any of this. See, this is the movie business people. This is, it's yeah, all this is cronyism. Yeah. But it's, useless uh, knowledge. It's so funny. It's it's lovely to hear ye um, who, who have really obsessed, not obsessed, but like, you know, you, you love this film. But no, listen, don't get, don't get me wrong. I love this film too. And I remember watching this and having a really, it wasn't like a, a bad reaction. I was scared shitless, but it, I, it felt like it was in, a pro, it was a proper ghost house film. I, I, I was giggling at the end of it. It was, a, yeah. mm-hmm. I, was I, I was satisfied. Oh, this is scary. This is so scary. No, for me, this is like the Holy Trinity. It's mm. one of the Holy Trinity. I um, Superman the movie and Jaws, those three films just became burned into my brain and I was obsessively watching them throughout my childhood. Yeah, yeah. I, I put Jaws. I, I'd probably take out Superman and put in The Exorcist, but that's just oh, me. Very good. See, I didn't see The Exorcist until it was unbanned. So oh. I, was, I was probably about... When when did that get released in the Ireland again? Not to the late 90s, as far as I remember. Yeah, I remember because we went to see it in the cinema and everyone was just pissing themselves yeah, laughing at that. That was my experience as well, and I was really annoyed. This is so freaky scenes. So I had an uncle that was furious about that. Hmm. Furious about... Um, the lack of respect. The lack of respect, yeah. Yeah. This is really... So is this Michael Myers, obviously? Yep. Yeah. He's just breaking out of um, the yeah, sanatorium where he's been held. I'd be very disappointed if it was Ting from the Adams family for you, Will. But I was just wondering, is it like some of the other inmates that are they're also wandering around? Yeah, it could be. I love this yeah. this part here. Boof. Oh, well. It's so good. Nurses used to have very theatrical uniforms. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, that's a good point. Very good point. I just love Donald Pleasantus. It's like it's Blofeld from he's Blofeld and Bond, wasn't he? He was, yeah, one of many, yeah, one of many Blofeld. I just saw him recently in a film that I hadn't seen before, and it was always recommended, so I decided to check it out. The Australian film Wake and Fright. He's, oh, uh, I've heard of it. I've never seen it. Yeah, he's a. Uh, I think it's about ten years prior to this, but uh, those were a rough ten years. He, um, you know, hit the bottle and aged quite drastically between. We know what that feels. This. Mm. So this is Pasadena, though. And if you look, all the leaves are green, except for the ones that are chucking in front of the camera. Oh, I was actually joking about the fake leaves earlier on. And, uh, no, there was fake leaves. Oh, wow. Yeah. At, at some point, I think when... I'll, I'll try find this point out where Jamie Lee Curtis Cross Road, you actually see the famous LA... What are trees called? So, palm trees? Palm trees, yeah. <laughs> palm trees. <laughs> Sorry, my brain's not working. I was, I was going to say Sasquatch trees. Like fucking <laughs> Bigfoot. Giant yeah. redwoods just yeah. fucking parked on the side of the road. <laughs> but um, I kind of love the fact that it's set in a very verdant, green uh, LA sort of climate. I, I, I don't know what it is, but I just find the, the gloominess of all the sequels where they, they really lean into the, you know, the bare trees and the the sort of the um the the colder weather it just is not the same sort of like a enchanting sort of look to it like mm. this to me is like Americana yeah, yeah. That's, a good, that's a good point it is really is Americana and that's kind of what makes this film work so well it's like this is just happening to normal people that's the whole idea of it. that van is kind of spooky actually this is the first time I ever noticed that that's definitely a serial killer on that street definitely yeah and that's yeah. the Golden State Killer <laughs> 
<laughs> and that is, uh, yeah, that's exactly it. Because it's the freaky when he shows up. It's like he is a complete. Uh, he, he, he's what's the word? He's completely out of place. It's a, he really stands out. Like when you do see Michael Myers, there's the palm trees in the background. See? Oh, yeah. I never saw that before. Oh my god! Wow. This kid has got to feel really fucking sore because he's the only one who's alive of the original cast who didn't come back for the the new movies. <laughs> they recast him with Anthony Michael Hall. You know the 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 nerdy oh, guy yeah. from from um oh what's the the Breakfast Club? Yes, I saw a still of him as like holding a baseball bat. He looks badass. Yeah, he's really hench, or he has been for about twenty years. So he's so this is in the new film. Yes, the little boy is in, is all grown up in the new film. And Kyle Richards, who's the little girl in this, she's one of the... I was going to say Desperate Housewives, but it's not that. There's a show called Desperate Housewives? No, um, it's wow, the... there he is. Scary bastard. Yeah. Uh, LA Housewives? Like housewives. Beverly Hill Housewives? Like Beverly Hill Housewives. They're all... Them you know, like, they've got like about 20 of those shows. She's the main star of the... Kyle Richards and her sister. Oh, right. Yeah. This is like he's just full on... Stalking her. Stalking her. Oh, that's a good That's a good shot when he steps into frame. He's a really So this is, this is something that I only noticed from the NECA toys, where they talk about, you know, replicating the figurines to Michael Myers, but his jumpsuit is um, a dark green. Not but, oh. what I'm looking at. No, yeah, in everything you see him in the movie, he's uh, it's graded a sort of a dark navy. But yeah, there you go. Their long tracking shot. See, yeah, every time I see a tracking shot now, I'm like, oh yeah, it's a little bit, uh, yeah, is it? It's just, they must be obviously using the same panic light. Oh yeah, they loved it. Yeah. I think it only just came out like the year before. Yeah, I remember Carpenter said it was just because they were such a small budget that they were just doing a lot of scenes in one go but that was the thing that was the thing with the, the invention of the steady of the steady cam it was it, it allowed for um more economical shooting you could just you could just flu- fluidly move around your scene and get it all in one shot and you see nowadays i think whenever i see sort of loads of steady cam in a movie i just think it looks cheap it oh, just feels you? like it, mm. yeah it feels like nobody has taken the time to plan out their shots to yeah. cover it. It just feels like, you know, go, yeah. go, go. Let's just shoot whatever we can. This famous, the window scene. Which I loved the oh callback to this in the um, in the remake where she's the one that's standing on the other side of the street looking at her granddaughter. She's sort of keeping an eye on her granddaughter. Oh yeah, that was actually really good. Yeah. And they also do a callback to it in H2O where I think it's Ali Larter looks out the window and he's standing in a kind of a cut out weird side gate or something like that. <laughs> that I saw shit. that in the cinema. Didn't really work for me that one. That's a whole other podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The music is oh the ca- he, he actually drove off as well. He did, yeah. A drive-by stalking. <laughs> Speed kills. I love the way there's like there's no one in this hometown. On there's a fucking guy in a white mask driving a really shitty car around the neighborhood. It's Halloween. That's someone, very true. 
someone pointed out that um he's wearing the mask right now already. Yeah. And later on, as they're going, as they're grouping up the girls to go on their babysitting uh, night, um, they bump into the dad, and the dad has just turned up at a, a store that's been burgled. So either the, the shop was burgled at like 8 o'clock in the morning and the alarm was going all day long and the police have just turned up now, or uh, the timeline doesn't make sense. And oh, and he's actually weird, and this is the this is the scene where he's in the car and he drives by Loomis on the sidewalk. Um, yeah, and he's already wearing the mask in the car. Yeah, this is great scare. Oh wow! They've got that kid as well in the the new movie, but they've recast the actor. <laughs> Jesus! They brought them all back. Will this is like fucking Avengers for me? Oh. <laughs> 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 oh my god what I like what I like about this he's kind of just already set his sights on who he's planning on killing yeah it's, it's so yeah because the creepy. boy's connected to her mm. and he's sort of fixated on her this is the uh, oh look I'm just getting the car do you know what you pointed out to me Will on, on uh, a podcast and um no I notice it a lot on any movie that is pre like 1984 is the cars don't have seatbelts Oh yeah, yeah. You sure. can just oh, yeah, get like, in. yeah. Just get in and just everything looks much more comfy. They fucking keep babies in the glove box and everything back then. Like, oh, so rough. I noticed actually because I, I I watched a bit of it recently because I knew I was going to do this. But when you listen to it now with the quality of the audio, there's so many parts in it where he actually has very loud breathing that I never realized they actually had it, which is bizarre. Mm. So like in this scene, it's like. <sighs> for ages like whoa that's like me wearing my mask around Tesco <laughs> as the sound design is so like that that theme music and that's and the sound design is so vital to this to this film yeah it's cool like it's it's it's, it's like it's funny I, I listen kind of a lot to John Carpenter's themes and this one is just still it's so simple but so scary it's so good oh it's beautiful he said um, he showed the film to an executive uh, a universal, I think it was. And without the theme, it was as scary as an episode of Columbo. But as soon as you put the music in, suddenly the whole film just felt eerie mm. and unsettling. And Yeah. I love the way Loomis just comes across that one person he's murdered to get his jumpsuit. <laughs> well, you know, film's scary. Well, on the way. And that train was just a, a lucky coincidence. That went past. I love the style of the 70s movies. I don't think there's there we'll ever get that back, that kind of real gritty. What's cool that? Um, oh, what's that director? Uh, oh um, so close. There's a dead body in the in the in the being painted on. Oh my god. Joseph Kahn. Joseph Kahn, that director who did um Torque. Torque and he, he did a couple of other films whose names I can't remember right now but he just said recently as you're saying that Stephen uh, it took me a while but I'm realising the awesome movies that inspired me from the 70s to the 90s were a fluke an accident of young directors who infiltrated studios as they transitioned power away from old families to corporate conglomerates but now the final form is complete hmm. just oh, so his that's... thing is like yeah we're never going to get 
these kind of movies again. I, I just prefer, I think 70s and 80s horror movies are just so much better than what we got. Like, I, there's some good 90s ones, but 70s ones, like the stuff that came out in the 70s, you had Halloween, you had like, Race with the Devil. I know the Exorcist from the 60s, it was the late 60s, but like... Oh, the 71. 70s. Exorcist is in the 70s as well. It was in the 70s. It was yeah. such good. And then the 80s kind of, we got into that kind of real... It felt like an arms race. Fucking punk horror, which like the Lost Boys and... Yeah. You know, but I miss the 70s. 70s are great. Like, it's just a great... Look at this. Like, this is such great looking fucking stuff. The thing that I love as well about it is how well styled, simple, but how well styled the three girls are where you just look at them and they look iconic. You know they're going to die. Well, yeah. You just look at them and go, these bitches are going to die. <laughs> and, and I think the uh, dark-haired one, um, Nancy Loomis, was... I think she was the boyfriend or the wife of Tommy Wallace, I think. Oh, really? PJ Souls? Is that her? She the no, PJ Souls was the blonde one. She's yeah. the, the girl from Carrie. Yes, she is. She was dating Dennis Quaid and she wanted... Dennis Quaid to be in this and um, as her boyfriend and he turned it down but you can see him in the rap party photos where John Carpenter's performing with Tommy Wallace and uh, I can't remember who the other guy is his band yeah the Coupe de Ville's they're all wearing the Michael Myers masks and they're playing guitar and you've got like the cast all sitting around in like a clubhouse and Dennis Quaid is there that's cool he yeah. did, they did this. They did a song for Big Trouble in Little China, that's on the DVD, <laughs> and it's Big weird. Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, it's deadly. It's so weird and eighties. Yeah, that, the Carpenter's theme for that fucking film is amazing. I just, I, I, it's in my head. I can just immediately recall it. Like, all like of his con- themes are so good. Of- you know, up to you know, once from the point of um. The Chevy Chase Invisible Man one. After that, I think he. Uh... Oh, I liked it. I see. I, I went to see his last film in the cinema, The Wars. That wasn't the best. Oh, that was not good. Yeah. Did you see him live? His concert? No, I didn't get a chance to go. Unfortunately, I saw it. I saw him play in London, Halloween night. Uh, must be five years ago now. Oh, it was fucking great. So what's just he- up there? Just like. Having, living his best life is he mm. on keyboard or what does he play or what's he doing yeah he's on keyboard and he's right centre stage and he's got a son and his nephew oh, son or, or his, his godson and they're um, supporting him and he's like playing the Christine theme and playing ah. uh, Escape from New York and ah. you've got all these like 40, 50 year old guys just like sipping beer and just loving it <laughs> just fantastic yeah that's a great night out good he, wholesome fun he has to be he has to be close to 80 <laughs> when you think about it he is, but he's... Obviously, there's... Oh. It's freaky. Oh. Obviously, there's no school bags in America at this point in the 70s because they just carry their books everywhere. I see. Everything I, was in lockers. Ev- I never understood that. Watching American TV shows and all this sort of stuff, you know, they're just walking around with books. I'm not going, what? Yes. Like, you know, Jesus. Yeah, they were leaving everything in their lockers. Like, you know, it's just... Smarter. Why? <laughs> Fucking hell. Do you remember this, the weight of our school bags when we used to... Just Look at the way the that hills. those books they're carrying. Like, it would be a lot easier to carry those in a bag over your back. Rather than, uh, like... I suppose. But then all those guys were driving as well. They all had their own cars. <laughs> Except for these people here now have no cars. I, I always love this part where she's pretending to talk to them. Just, this lovely little kind of soft humor. Yeah. This is a real kind of 
someone pointed out this this real Stephen King type thing where you get to know the characters for a little while before they're slaughtered young people watching this film though um, you know people just a couple of years younger than me they uh, they um, they mm-hmm. <laughs> they think this film is like a drama <laughs> it took me a while to get that joke <laughs> well it is a long time before you actually start to properly slicing and dicing as Billy Loomis in Scream would say or Stu Mercer would say in Scream you know, it, it, there's not a good... We don't see really a murder for a good long time since from the opening. And Hold there's on. no the blood opens, in the film. The film opens with blood. She's I, it's a young woman is killed. Then yeah, we see... Okay, all right, you got me there. But that's a tiny little drop of blood. It's not like... Um, yeah, no, but what I mean is, like, it's a long time since then. We're 25 minutes into the film. Okay, yeah. Like, in modern horror now, you have to have a scary four minutes. But for me, growing up, the first time I watched this, there was a scary performance. Every time you saw Michael Myers driving by in the car, or he, you know, him appearing behind the bush, that's scary. I thought it was Will's scary. watching it going like, oh, Jesus Christ, yeah. they've got no school bags. Turn <laughs> it off. I'm watching this, like, I'm, I'm genuinely kind of, uh, you know, uh, dialing you guys down in my head and watching this and enjoying it. Because uh, this <laughs> is my first, my first time watching it in this resolution as well. It's gorgeous. Did you do that with Joe Barton, did you? Cheers for that, Will. Yeah, I just went. <laughs> Who's Joe Barton? But don't. <laughs> <laughs> this I don't like. I don't like when characters talk to themselves. Always oh, trying to avoid it's it. Such a oh, movie yeah. thing. Well, kiddo, I thought you were a grew superstition. Okay, yeah. that's too fake. I even don't like writing that. Do you ever? Would you try to write? Oh, I have to say something here to kind of. Yeah, I would always, I would always try and get the character, even if they're in room, I would ca- get the character addressing an inanimate object or like going, well, potted plant. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just so as that they're not talking to themselves out loud. Or like a poster and it's like, here's looking at you, kid. And it's a picture of a kid. And then we all just die inside. Yeah, there are. Um, there's a very funny meme of that, that moment there where she looks out the window. Yeah. And there's a, a, a guy is wearing the Michael Myers costume and he's like you know two days your ass is grass she cuts back and he's break dancing back and he's like <laughs> he's in a hammock cut back and he's staring and Jason Voorhees scares him and the people have just gone to town with those costumes and they keep coming back to her like looking at the window just more and more disturbed Who is this? <laughs> she's a poster of James Ensor on the on her wall Who's that? I never got. Did Michael Myers actually make the first phone call, or is it the second one? Oh yeah. Sorry, I well, got confused there. I, I was thinking you know, of he must have sprinted from her backyard into like the payphone. <laughs> no, but no, it is actually her friend. But it's just like what? Like she's just not talking. It's obviously bad telecommunications in the nineteen seventies. Uh, That's her. Jane- See that just just a just a weird coincidence. See that like Raggedy Ann on the background. Uh huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, the Warrens, the uh, Annabelle. Oh, I know him well. Yeah. It, yeah. The Annabelle doll is actually one of them. It's not the doll. It's in the movies. Obviously, they horrified that up. But um, because James Wan has a fetish for marionettes. Well, I did. He did do a whole marionette film, didn't he? Fast and the Furious Seven. So, <laughs> the oh, stepped on my line. <laughs> James oh, Ensor is is a Belgian painter and printmaker. Yeah, and an important influence on expressionism and surrealism. Who lived in uh, Ostend uh, for most of his life. So there you go. Just 
pull that one off the top. That's of the head. art director's, you know, squeezing that in. Yeah, that's. I was just obviously these things are put up for some reason. I just. Uh, so you see that that actual pillar she's sitting on. You can go to that spot, Will, and you can sit there. And the owner of the house leaves out pumpkins, so <laughs> that people can sit there and have their picture taken <laughs> with a pumpkin. I love it. Brilliant. It's a it's a genuine thing. They're, they're like people go by day after day, and they uh. they sit there and. <laughs> I'd love that. No, I wouldn't love it, but imagine if one of these pumpkins was um, had it was booby trapped, and you just <laughs> you just booby <laughs> trapped. That's a nice car. It is. Yeah, I was actually looking at it. That's the other thing. I, I that's the other you're talking about. Like I look at kind of like contemporary road cars now, and I just go, they're all look Ugly. so bland. They're just yeah. so bland. Look at these cars. They the angles and they yeah, had personality. <laughs> You, you probably had to like rotate your, sh- you know, your, your dislocate your shoulder. No headrests. No seat belts. No seat belts. No belt. There's actually no gap. In, the place. I don't think there's actually a gap in the front seat. They cut back there. I think like it's one big sofa, like a Simpsons car. <laughs> oh yeah, it's Sim- Simpsons car. Yeah, love it. Now we get our fancy European car. That's so that you could fit the whole family in the front seat. Yeah, there are there are no road rules. <laughs> They so, love so this is the grave digger dude. He's going to bring him to Michael Myers' sister's grave. And then, dun, 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 our headstone. So this is, you know the way that you've got um, Freddy will make quips and Chucky has his catchphrases and what have you. But Michael Myers is a trickster. So all this stuff, that like him stealing his grave, his, his sister's headstone it's also that he can create these um i don't know what you call them like distractions spooky like yeah like, reenactments in a way isn't it yeah they they really go to town with it in the in the david gordon green films where he's like cutting people's faces up into jack-o'-lanterns and stuff but um you know he's he, later on in the film he puts on a, a bed sheet and dresses as a, a ghost yeah and why well, is it, he, he's a isn't the whole idea that he's still kind of childlike in a way? Like they kind of they did that with uh, Letterface and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They were like, he's a confused child. He doesn't know what he's really doing in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But in this, he still has the kind of he doesn't know anything outside being a child. Mm. A very evil one, but a child. Is he wearing not to switch? You know, uh, films on us. But is he wearing his mother's face in Texas Chainsaw Massacre? The the, the Letterface. Uh, I don't remember. I'm trying to think. That's a, that's such a. Let's turn this off and switch thing. over and yeah. have a look. <laughs> Come on. I've only so, got Texas Chainsaw too. Growing up, oh, I was that's the wacky con- one. I was always confused uh, growing up why they were smoking yellow cigarettes and why they used to always like go ew. <laughs> I think Jamie Lee Curtis is right now. The devil's lettuce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's one of those yellow, like, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood cigarettes that Brad Pitt smokes at the end. And oh, yeah. Laced in oh. <laughs> you get You get a can of dog food in the mush. Mm-hmm. Last time I was in LA, my mate gave me um, the, uh, the, oh, what's it called? It's the it's the the chocolate and the, the popcorn stuff that's all, like, not pot cookies, but it's that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't remember what the fucking, is it THC or something like that? Um... <laughs> Uh, and I was high as a fucking kite after eating a square of chocolate. He came over to me and he said, uh, 
is it working? I was like, no, not really. Ah, oh, I should have given you some more. He gives me some more, and within about 10 minutes, I'm like, fucking... I'm looking at everybody and thinking, nobody is saying what they really mean. And all the walls are a facade, and everything beyond the walls doesn't exist. It's only what I can see. And also, I can hear my accent incredibly clearly, and it's freaking me out. I had to stand in a corner and just not move and not say anything because I was tripping out so bad. It was like the final scene of the Blair Witch Project. Yeah. <laughs> it was horrible. I hated it. And I knew I had about another five or six hours to go oh, to, to get through this. Here's Michael Myers having a little having a little stalk from across the road. Oh, God. That creeped me out that I just spotted him there. Oh, my God. I didn't know he was there. Yeah, he's wearing the mask. You can kind of see it a little bit there. <laughs> Yeah, because he stole it at like 8 o'clock in the morning. It must be really sweaty you're driving around in a Halloween mask all day. Hey, neither of you have brought up the... Because I, I assume you're just going, it's it's trivia that is too obvious trivia. The origins first time watching it. Of the, first time watching, the origin of the mask itself. Someone give... The William Shatner mask? There you the go. So, it's a Willi- so that's what it is, a William Shatner mask inside out. Is that well, it? We're playing to a much no, larger it's audience. a William Shatner mask, but they pulled off the eyebrows, they pulled off the um, sideburns, they opened up the eye holes, and they spray-painted it with Krylon white. And uh, they uh, teased some of the hair out. And uh, oh, Tommy Wallace did that. There you they go. spent about $15, they made three of them. Yeah. Do Put you literally have the Wikipedia page open right now, Kevin? No, I just know that he shit. He just knows, he does. <laughs> yeah, Will, put that in your weed chocolate and smoke it. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I was watching the Flintstones, I was watching the Muppets, I was watching A-Team, uh, the Wonder Woman show, and the it's first... The Wonder Woman. The first... The first... It's actually just called Wonder Woman. Yeah, no, Wonder Woman. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> Well, wasn't Sorry. it called something else? The Adventures of Wonder Woman or something? Um, the uh, and I'm pretty sure this was the first film that I saw feature film. Oh my god! Oh, oh Halloween. my god! Yeah, <laughs> oh. I saw American Wolf in London, Halloween, Halloween Two, Terminator in one weekend, and I don't know in what order. Is this the I first know. horror film you've ever seen? Like as a kid? No, I saw uh, the first opening few minutes of the Twilight Zone movie because that was mm. on TV and um, I was sitting on the stairs and uh, I shouldn't have been w- watching from the stairs to buy what was on and I regretted it and uh, and I saw about 20 minutes of Jaws but I never saw a full movie the whole way through mm. I remember the first full horror movie I ever watched and it's a really strange one Hole in the Ground no <laughs> I still haven't seen that um, is Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, Freddy's Revenge. Oh. Which is, as everyone knows, has a lot of homosexual undertones in the film. <laughs> I don't think they're undertones. I think they're <laughs> overtones. overtones. I well, actually haven't seen it, so go on. It's actually it's an enjoyable film for what it is, but I had no concept of... I just thought all horror films were like, lads getting oh, really? whipped in showers and stuff like that. And See, I was a kid when I saw that, and I thought... It was all deliberate. And then I heard afterwards that they didn't have a clue that they were making such a... a, a um, That's true. A, a gay... To, like, he goes to a leather bar. Yeah. So, 
the, weird things so, in there. So it's all it, that was all accidental. Is that what you're saying? That they, you know, that I think the writer knew what he was doing, but I don't think okay. they actually knew what they were making. Okay. The lead actor, he was. Uh, it was unusual to have a boy as the final girl in a movie, and he was gay himself in real life, and he was in the closet. And he felt very betrayed by the film, by how much they played up the fact that he was camp and he was gay. And the whole storyline was sort of playing out the fact that he was um, tormented by his homosexuality. And Freddy was a representation of that. And there's all sort of weird things, choices that he makes in the movie where he rejects his girlfriend to go stay with his best friend, who's like um, a jock who's in his underwear. And it's just all these sort of weird choices they were making. Um, Yeah, a parrot explodes. Yeah, yeah. But uh, now it's become like a film which um, the queer community considers um, a cult classic. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good movie. I like it. It's a good movie. Like it's. I didn't like it because I thought that it broke the concept of Nightmare on Elm Street, which is that Freddy only attacks you in your nightmares. And in that film, oh, he comes, he comes out into the corporeal world and he's like... He, Rips the shit out of people at a swimming pool party. <laughs> That's actually a cool scene. <laughs> I like that stuff. I have to watch it. I haven't. So uh, there was Dream Warriors. There was what was the, what was there the, is Nightmare on Street, Freddy's Revenge, uh, Dream Warriors, the Dream Child. Is that five or Dream Team? There's another Dream Five. Um, <laughs> dream Team. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, on Sky One. There's a new Nightmare. Which is great. Which is great. And then there's Freddy vs. Jason. Then there's the remake with Jack Earl Healy, which is is awful. Which is awful. I love this scene. This is the... So, Will, this house that they're in is the house from the opening of the movie. Mm -hmm. And this is what the house looked like uh, originally. So they filmed all this stuff first, and then they went back and they dressed up the house to make it look presentable and livable. So there you go. Oh, that's economy for you. It is. They shot this film in like 17 days. They were pretty much all like um, uh, run and gun amateurs. Mm. 17 days. That's just over two weeks. Jesus Christ. To make a kind of a, a seminal horror classic. At night and as I, well. At night. And I think Donald Pleasance was only on the film for about six or seven days. Yeah. Then he famously say, I don't like this script, but my granddaughter said I should do it or something like that. Yeah. But also his... um. Uh, his daughter loved the Elvis TV movie, I think. Oh, did he do the Elvis TV movie with Kurt Russell before this? Yeah, right before... I thought he liked Assault on Precinct 13 just before this. Mm, no, he did... He did The Eyes of Laura Mars, I think. And then he did... He was working on TV. Oh, IMDb will tell you. Will, are you, are you on that, Will? I'm going there. I'm going there. Hold on. Jeez, uh, um, Donald Pleasance lived until 1995. I thought he actually passed away long before that. In the late, yeah. He died in the middle of Halloween 6, I think it was. He didn't He didn't live to see his last movie, which was Halloween 6, come out. Not a bad, like, cash cow. No, and they originally wanted um, Christopher Lee, and he turned him down. And Peter Cushing as well. Peter Cushing, yeah. Which I think those guys would have been too arch. Yeah, I think it would have been too hammer horror. Everyone's walking around being real serious and sinister. That's such a 70s house. 
So for those people who aren't uh, watching along with us, this is the moment where Jamie Lee Curtis, Laurie, is babysitting Tommy, and she's going through his comics, Radioactive Man, and he's asking about the Boogeyman, because Tommy is the only one who knows that um, the Boogeyman is real and he's out there. Okay. So John Carpenter did a film called Someone's Watching Me. I have never seen that. So that's the one that I was mis- uh, getting confused with, The Eyes of Laura Mars. Yeah, Elvis came out in six. So his first one was Dark Star in 74. That's a straight movie. Then All Assaults on Precinct 13, 76. Halloween and Someone's Watching Over Me in 78. Elvis in 79. And The Fog in 1980. Okay. Mm. So I was right, but just a little bit wrong. <laughs> oh my god I haven't watched I actually have a copy of Dark Star but I haven't watched it it's a student movie that they decide to release theatrically well, Dan O'Bannon Dan O'Bannon who of yeah. Alien fame yeah that's the reason I got it I said oh I gotta fill that gap so um, yeah it's on my to watch list great soundtrack actually the, 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 the Alien is a bounce of beach ball so, can't so go here we here we go this was a moment that really put the willies up me is Michael Myers is outside the uh, the friend across the street he's watching her and the dog is about to be killed why does she have two blenders <laughs> I was watching the long goodbye the other day the LA Gould movie in, and that's set in 1971 and he had a blender and that blew my mind I thought blenders were like an 80s technology she has two blenders well, like, is, is one in case the other one breaks, or the mojito, or the key party blender? <laughs> For when that's such a cool shot. Yeah. Some people have spare appliances, and uh, and I, we know we've gotten old because there was. I, I know someone who says, "Oh, that's my what's why have you got a, a toaster in there it's still in the box?" I said, "That's my spare toaster." I was like, "What?" Well, for when the other toaster breaks down, I've got one ready. Surely your grill is your spare toaster. Yeah, well, I'd agree with you on that. Did I keep the toaster in the cupboard? But not only that, they had every appliance. They had a spare kettle, they had a spare toaster, they had a spare deep fat fryer, and I was like, going, it was fucking weird. That sounds like they're like you, Jackman and prisoners that they're ready for the <laughs> fucking apocalypse. Yeah. Sounds like they live in a pawn shop. It's <laughs> <laughs> a fucking power city. <laughs> this is great that the plant just... That's a, what's, that's a big life for over to cook or what? like a blade yeah, a fire exit like how much popcorn does that woman eat so this girl is in the is in the new movie has she been recast like no what? they brought her back Carl Richards Carl Richards is a big celebrity she was also her and her sister I think were in Race to Witch Mountain oh yeah and her sister the blonde girl is the one that gets shot at the start of Assault of Precinct 13 the one that's having an ice cream oh Oh, oh, someone's outside messing around with plants. I'm dropping knowledge on you guys. <laughs> I'm, I'm just blown away. I'm just kind of like, you know, uh, being knocked backwards by that uh, trivia, Kevin. <laughs> Here comes the dog. They're going to get on great. <laughs> just, please. Here, boy. <laughs> here, here, do you want to, do you want to fetch? Fetch this in your gut. Yeah, fetch this. <laughs> Oh, never mind. He's dead. Poor doggy. Oh, the piece of people have a conniption. Oh, wow. Like, the way he's relaxing, that's a bit disturbing, actually. The way he's Yeah, like, they really killed the dog. Yeah, thanks, Kev. Is this <laughs> now, is this film, Kev, you might be able to enlighten me, is the film that Tommy watches, it's not, it's not the thing, is it? 
note. Uh, it is later on, but is it, is there, uh, what's the thing? This is the thing, Kevin. This what? is the thing. Yes. Yeah. 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 Sorry, it, you know, I totally forgot that they showed. That's so strange that he would go on to make that film. Wow. Oh my god! Like you know, it's three years later, four years later before he makes before he makes the thing. Makes the, the thing from outer space. Uh, from the book who goes there mm-hmm. great titles like you know that was a great title card for, for that back in the, the, Hawks' original the original is actually really good I think I have it on DVD or somewhere the thing from outer space is a great title no the actual you know the, the book the, no, no I'm talking about the, the look the actual, of the thing the font that oh the title it's the same treatment. Yeah, yeah yeah it's the same as Carpenter used the you know, used the exact same we thing we created it yeah, yeah. By putting um, a black bin bag uh, against the candle and it melted away. <gasps> no Shot way. light through it. I mean, he didn't do it, but his Someone did. people he hired, yeah. I love it when you hear uh, when you hear uh, how like fonts and titles are made in invented ways, you know, rather than just a computer, you know. Um, it's kind of the only thing I actually really, really like about Stranger Things is that the, 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 ti- the title, yeah, the actual... Which is copying Stephen King's um, typeface from yeah. a lot of his books. Yep. So this was, I think this is the sequence where this pick came from. We were talking about jump scares. It was this whole build-up. Right. Yes. 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 It's a really long setup for a, a, a big jump scare. Yeah. It's coming back to me now. I was underneath the table when you were describing it. Please, don't say it anymore. I'm too scared. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's great. Yeah. Why don't you turn on the light? Yeah. I don't think I've ever put a wash on in the dark. It just seems you've like... Never, you've never drank too much then. How? You won't get your cup, your, your, you won't get your, your, your cup of powder correct. <laughs> Yeah. You just throw them straight in the bin, is it? Turn on a, turn on a light. Just turn, turn on a light. Yeah. It, it wasn't until there. I got to America that I actually see one of those you know, top-loading uh, laundry machines. I had, We had a top-loader when I was a kid. Oh, no way. Yeah, we had a, a, a washer-dryer. Living the dream, man. It was kind of weird. It's kind of weird, the idea of top-loading clothes now. Like, it's just so yeah. weird. But it makes sense. You're like putting everything into this bucket and it's going to fill up with water rather than one that's, you know, the water's not going to spill out. One that your child can climb into and get stuck in. I was trying to think of the bloody thing where they throw the clothes on on that grill and they start growing them up and down. I can't think of what it's called. Oh, Oh, the mangle. The mangle. No, not a mangle. The actual, the the one that comes before that. Like the people that like in the river? (gasps) Yeah. yeah. What's that called? It's, it's like it, a cheese grater. Yeah, it's, they use it as a musical instrument. Yeah, yeah. yeah I What's know it know. called? It was a long walk for a joke I never got to, to make. <laughs> I just love the way Will had an impression of it, but doesn't know what it is. I can't remember his name, no. And it was quite clearly just an impression of how to play spoons. <laughs> You know, spoon, 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 spoon. I can't remember what it, what they, what they're called, but they sound like this: spoon, 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 spoon. Trombone. <laughs> fiddle, fiddle, violin. <laughs> what is it called? This is a stupid joke. 
Why did you send over that special flavored chocolate, Kevin? What was it called yeah. again? Why did you send us all this? Oh, I think I'm burning. No, what is it called? Um, oh, th- Jesus THC. Christ. She's dead. Is she dead? She's not. She's stuck off the window. What the uh, fuck? I'm watching it without the sound. She was trying to climb out the window. <laughs> She's going to be dead soon. But I was like going, Jesus, the child finds their babysitter dead, like, you know, just half hanging around. I, I, I seriously hope he's aren't doing ever doing a, a watch along of Murder on the Orient Express with Will anytime soon. <laughs> is, is he dead? Is he dead? <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. He did it. She did it. <laughs> he did it. She did, she did it. it. He did it. <laughs> when I when I say I did zero preparation for this, I mean I did zero preparation for this. I I have uh, my entire life has been building up to this moment. Well, oh, I'm sorry, I'm ruining it for you. But I just wanted you to bring forth all of the info. I didn't want to tread in your toes, so I said, look, let's let Kevin and Stephen have their Halloween. Moments. I'm just more <laughs> interested in 1970s household appliances. Yeah. Anyways, Decorod, yeah, I'm yeah, in high definition it's so fascinating to look at all this little chopping boards, Quaker Oats. Well for us, even though this was like this came out before well, before any of us were born. But because we grew up in <coughs> Ireland <laughs> uh this was all futuristic to us. Oh yeah. This was yeah, ten years into the future stuff. Those, yeah. ma- those dark mahogany uh, um, PlayStation style types of the wall like, or yeah electric, like that, didn't it? <laughs> electric lighting my god <laughs> telephones with long uh, telephones with long extension cards you know 20 years walk around 20 years TVs with more than one channel <laughs> Jesus Christ fireplace bigger than half the houses in Dublin <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's unfortunately that's still true no yeah. that's still true is, I know I'm being pedantic here, but that, that couch is definitely a bad way to be sitting next to your TV. Certainly. It's it's angled all wrong, isn't that, it? That's a couch for entertaining, not for uh, sitting around. For viewing. Couch. It's for those special 70s, you know, key um, key parties. Yes. Do you know like the, the ice, That's like where all the, the parents are the right ice now. The ice storm. Like the ice yeah. storm, yeah. Like all the parents of these of these people are, are off at an ice storm party. I didn't know what a, what a key party was, and I watched the, I watched the ice storm, and I, for a long you, time... I turned up at a party, and they said, <laughs> there's a key there. He's in there. <laughs> like, and gets her let out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you made me spill my wine. <laughs> Stephen, this is Fanula. Um. <laughs> I guess, are you driving? <laughs> are you driving? Not now. You took my keys. Oh my god! It's it, you couldn't have a key party in Ireland because people are like, uh, "Am I getting? I don't have a car. Am I getting them back? I don't have a house." No, you fucking no. You can't have a key party because you fucking know everyone. It's just like even if you didn't know anyone, it's just like, um, are we related by any chance? <laughs> oh no, that's rural Ireland for you. <laughs> yeah. That's going down a road I don't want to wander. <laughs> Well, as when Johnny Knoxville did that, uh, who do you think you are? He had a genealogist, and um, the genealogist met genealogist met with him, and um, Johnny Johnny Knoxville just said, "Don't tell me, was there inbreeding in my family?" <laughs> the genealogist said, "A significant amount." <laughs> well, I did my twenty three me as I said, and it came back a hundred percent Irish, which there was no mixing of any of my DNA from the continent or anything. So I don't know how that's that that physically possible. I, there is. It's, 
They didn't. They there left probably out 1%. is, but they, there's not enough people have done 23andMe, I think, on this side of the pond. But uh, yeah, I was a bit disappointed with that because I was like, well, I knew that. Yeah. Oh, You're 100% yeah. Irish. Here we go. Here we no go. No keys. So she's gone to the car. Lots of wooden rakes. Keys are not in her hand. She's gone back. Now I'm watching this. Will is like, isn't it funny? I used to find this. Used to find this entertaining. Oh, sorry, go on. And and would you would you sit there and would you <laughs> and would you would you scream or would you talk about your favorite scene? Will you go? Will you just give us the running commentary, please, Kevin? She's gone back into the house now. <laughs> right. <laughs> and um, is this what like looking for the keys? Is this what like when you go to the cinema for the visually impaired is I like in view <laughs> and they just go like the Fast and the Furious must be a fucking nightmare. The car goes around the corner, goes around another corner. <laughs> Vin Diesel says something about family, and it's got another corner. Family. I'm not joking. I've got got family. I had a buddy in college, and one of his guys. Here we go. We'll watch. Oh, what? What? Oh, wait. Getting back in. Here we go. This this. is. It's very steamy window. Yeah, somebody's been breathing in the car. That's very good. Oh, is that what happens with breath? Oh, that's good. You see there, that was class. Wait, it keeps going. So, like in another movie, be like, oh, we'll cut away. But this is like. No. She's struggling, she's struggling. She's going to start pressing on the car horn and nobody comes. God, the mask is so good. Mm. I always wanted to buy one, but any time I ever saw the mask, it'd be like $250 or something like that. I was like, can't justify that for an inside out William Shatner mask. Oh my God. Oh, that's rough. Now imagine watching this as a six-year-old. Oh yeah, I'm sure it would um, be a perfect. And, you know, lot I'm of, like, like thinking about this, and the Carol. I'm still going. You're looking at the house, and you like there you go. Right? So there's that's the first kill since the start of the movie, and we're 54 minutes in. And that's the Jeez. big, you know, the character with the big personality, the one who's the smart Alec. And you're like, whoa, that's not the thing. That must be like Forbidden Planet or something, is it? Yeah, it must be. Oh, that's cheap. I kind of like watching them old Ed Wood type movies still to this day. They they yeah. showed them late at night on the horror channel and they're so <gasps> naff but good. Oh, he's gonna have a look at the boogeyman. I didn't realize they always play they always play grabbers on the horror channel. I didn't realize uh, they had those sort of things on the horror channel. Yeah, movies no <laughs> like old fifties films, Kevin. Yeah, really. And like actually, it's, they they they're they're. I'm not doing a paid promo for the horror channel, but sometimes there's some really good films on. Talking Pictures TV is actually kind of class as well. You should click on that one. They Talking Pictures TV. I'm sorry, this is so esoteric, but it's a channel run by a father and daughter. After they're like, it's on Sky and stuff like that. But they they program amazing like lost films. It's class. What's this? It's called Talking Pictures TV. It's on if you have Sky. If you got the horror channel, you surely have it. Um, And it's class. You should actually just check it out. They have all these weird. Um, esoteric films. We'll be right back after these. Sorry, messages. sorry, sorry, sorry. It's not a promotion. It's just as for any you know film lovers out there. It's uh, you should check it out. It's kind of like the way they have TCM in 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 America. The what's the guy? The Billy Bob, you know that guy who makes the horror. Yeah, the 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 horror guy. He's the good boy guy. Yeah. Elvira is coming to Shudder. She's doing um one of her specials. That'll be interesting. I want to show the day of the Triffids. Oh, 
That scared the piss out of me as a kid. The tri- really? day of the trip. Ah, scary. Yeah. Really? Yes, well, movies can be scary. I've never heard. No, honestly, I, I've heard of Day of the Trip and never seen it. Well, that's a TV series. A movie David series. Donald Pleasant's taking a piss in the bushes. Mm. Mm. Still wearing the but his, he's still got his lad out. <laughs> Looking at the kids. <laughs> here they come. It was the 70s. Daddy, get away from here. Bugger, bugger, bugger. He's, he's, he has a he's he, helicopter. He's yeah. He's he's a puppy. He's a, what's a fancy dressed his penis. Jesus. <laughs> he's got one of those thongs which got elephant ears on them. <laughs> so the sequel, Halloween Kills, picks up that moment uh, where they're they're oh, Jesus. Just commentaries for the the people out there that that care. About this stuff, but that kid that ran away, he um, they flash back to that moment in the, the sequel. The moment right there. Oh, really good. Mm, yeah, I kind of like that sometimes when they're doing these remakes. Because the kid in the red jacket is the dad of the boyfriend in the in the sequel, the new one, the granddaughter's boyfriend, Lonnie Elam's son. Yeah. The way, the way that they're doing it is the first one was about trauma. You know, something bad happens to you and how trauma sort of can be passed down through generations. If you are fucked up, then you're going to pass that on to your kids and it's going to spread amongst your family. And the second one is about societal uh, trauma and how fear can be contagious and that um, misinformation and hate can lead to more violence and perpetuating that. So... They're doing some clever things thematically with those sequels. They're not just making cheap slasher films for the sake of it. They're trying to sort of say something about violence. I'm looking forward to it because I did enjoy the, that recent reboot. I thought it was it was actually quite cool. Mm. It's out this year. It's coming. It's it's out, you know. It's out right now. Is when it? you're listening to this, it's out right now. Oh, yeah, it's I'm in the cinema. That's where I am. <laughs> I'm on the bus. I'm heading home. <laughs> My first time back to the cinema to see a horror film in like. I, I'm out buying a spare kettle because sure, why wouldn't you? <laughs> That's something that they don't have in the states is kettles. Yeah, that's electric kettles. Weird. Why? What do they have instead? They gas kettles. Oh yeah, <laughs> butane torches. That's, I was just wondering. Do you just have campfires? <laughs> but they don't drink tea. I suppose that's obviously a thing that we do from yeah. you know being overrun. They have teas on on a on a teapot and they. They boil it that way. Oh, that's just so annoying. But yeah, it has something to do, I think, with the voltage. Oh, the US yeah. voltage is weaker, so yeah. it takes longer to boil water with an electric kettle over there than it would to just boil it on a stove. But you'd still see electric kettles in hotel rooms. And uh, I don't know, it was on some podcast, someone said that they will never use an electric kettle in hotel rooms because some... People are shitting them. Oh, uh, don't say that. What I've heard, what I've heard is that people, now not as gross, but some people use. Oh my God, that is. Some people use the electric kettle to boil their oh. underwear. Oh. Why would you boil your underwear? To, to clean it. Like, you know, as a kind of a, a well, I don't understand, but yeah. But if you haven't brought enough underwear to boil it, water in the fucking sink. Put hot water in the sink, you filthy bastards. Oh, you just get, listen, people are disgusting. I, there's, a whole, there's a whole website dedicated to TripAdvisor reviews that are like this stuff that happens in. Oh my god! 
I don't think I got what's say. that. What's that fucking thing, uh, uh, Giardia? You know where you um. I don't know what that is. Uh, I got that coming back. I traveled back on a flight and got the tube, and um, the the next day I had like awful stomach cramps, and they kept going for about nine days. And I went to the doctor, and he said Giardia. He's like, you you picked it up from either. The, the tray table, the the tray table on the plane. Oh God! Where people will, will change nappies on the tray oh table. Oh my God! Or from the handles on the tube. So basically, I had, <laughs> I had, fucking eaten a sandwich after getting the tube or getting the plane, and I had put somebody else's fecal matter in my system. Oh, uh, you know, I. <laughs> I'm never going to lick the crumbs off any public table ever again. <laughs> that's just, I just got to stop eating baby shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was awful. Well, like, the nappy was open. It was lying there. You know, sometimes you just have to test if it's, if it is not, if it is Some, Nutella. Sometimes the heart wants what it wants. <laughs> I went in swimming in Greece once and, um, in it, Greece? I, yeah, I went, I went, I dove into the water. I had my snorkel on. I went in and I swam straight into a nappy and I got right out of the water. I said, I'm done. I'm going to stay in the swimming pool. This is fucking disgusting. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is the future now. This is what the world has come to. It's like, there's rubbish everywhere. I just have this weird thing where you go to a, doc- like a doctor and I know it's a podcast, so I'm doing quotation marks. And go, yeah, I think I'm really sore. I've got stomach pains. Like, Jordaria. I don't think you're really a Giardia. doctor. <laughs> I don't think you're... This is a homeless man shouting at you. No, I was nine days with stomach cramps. I was like, what the fuck is going on? This Because I thought it would just go the next day. It was it was awful, man. Oh, it's uh, slightly yeah. humorous. Anyway, Halloween. Um, I mean, I got to my goal weight, so I was happy with that. <laughs> you're talking about old things. Uh, I always am fascinated by old cans of beer and old cans of Coke. You know the way I used to... They, I'm fascinated by the fact they've got a lit pumpkin in the bedroom. on the Right beside them. <laughs> that was supposed to be sex, by the way. Oh, okay. Mm. So apparently that's how you used to do it in the 70s. You used to... Just two, sideways. <laughs> yeah. two, two worms grazing <laughs> over the yeah. shit. Do you want, yeah. They did just seem like they were rubbing against each other. It's a uh, parallel parallel parking. Oh, he's going back into it. No, okay. The this scene was today now. They'd, like, they'd, they'd have sex and then they'd release on Facebook for 20 minutes afterwards. They'd be doing it on Facebook. <laughs> that pumpkin is precariously close to the dry linen. Oh, 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 passing by. Michael is a bit of a pervert, to be honest. So a lot of backlights where these people live. Dean Cundy likes his shadows and yeah, that is. Yeah. Is that it again? Nipple, nipple. That was a. I think that might have yeah. been quick, quick a shag from the first scene. It's all based <laughs> on a true story, according to John Carpenter. <laughs> He's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this guy was going to be Dennis Quaid, but he um, what was that? What was that uh, racing? The bicycle movie, the one that he did with Peter Weir. Yeah, it was. You were gonna get me one. Yeah. You see, I'm mixing it up with the um, Kevin Costner one. So the Kevin Dancing with Wolves. No, <laughs> no, Kevin Costner was in a cycling movie as well. No, he was, was he? Yeah, it was. Ah, oh. someone was bleeding out of their ear. I remember that. 
Um, they must be listening to this podcast. Cycling <laughs> movie does not sound like the greatest pitch. It's very good. Uh, Peter, where are you? It's, it's one of, pretty sure. Okay. Although, don't quote me on that because I don't really watch movies. I'm going back. I'm going back. I'm going back. Um, someone out there, tell us what was what is it? It's not the last wave. No, it's not the last wave. I don't think it's Peter Weir. It maybe it's not Peter Weir then. And it's Dennis Quaid, is it? It is. Yeah. What's I don't r- like this new IMDb. It's so fucking shite. Denise Quaid. I don't want Denise Quaid. I have IMDb. Ooh. Oh, here. Oh, correct. I keep getting the Nice Richards movies. Well, we take that too. Here we go. Another big jump scare. Linda, you asshole. This is a great one. This is my favorite kid in the whole movie. Boo. Also, this this look that he does, that oh, uh, yeah. Michael Myers does, defines the entire character, I think. Because he's looking at him like a puppy. Yeah. It's sort of like this quizzical look of like... Oh, what did I just do? Dennis Quaid is such an underrated actor. So anyone out there listening, I have been on IMDb this whole time, and that's how shit it is that we I know what I'm looking for. Breaking and I away. Can't find it. Breaking that's it. Yes. Away. Who directed that? I'll tell you it about. But I know Peter Yates. You were so close. Peter Yates. Yeah. I mean, I was right. Just I was wrong a little bit. <laughs> it's the story of your life. That, there you go. That's a look. It is. Just that's a great like. That's yeah. a strong knife. Wow. You see the length of the knives? They're like fucking swords. Yeah. Yeah, that's at least a foot and a half long. That's what she said. This is, I, I love this part. Do you know I didn't know until my late 20s that that thing is called an emery board? What is? The, the thing she's fighting her nails with. It's not a nail file? It's called an emery board. Oh, I did not know that. That's 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 not even a movie trivia fact. That's just a life fact. Oh, wow. The, this guy here will... This is this is Michael Myers now under the sheet. What? Yeah. I love that. I love that he went so far to put the glasses on over the sheet, as is to say, he's having a laugh. Leave him alone. Oh. It's his night. He's been stuck in a sanatorium for about eighteen years. He's just having a laugh. And it is the longer it goes on, the creepier it actually it does get. It's. I mean, just lower the camera a small bit, would you? <laughs> Kevin needs his nipple fix. <laughs> See anything you like? <laughs> Chesticles. Like at this point, you just really go, you're either having a stroke <laughs> or like, it's not him. She should yeah. throw her emery board at him. They, they hurt. They're like little bits of sandpaper on a lollipop stick. If they're thrown at you, they hurt. This is a great sequence as well. It's E.T., guys. It's not Michael Myers. It's E.T. under that sheet. (laughs) Did you you ever see the the audience reaction from... Well, you can't see it, but you can hear it. And it's it's sequenced up to the the film. And they have moments like this where you've got an audience in 1978 just losing their shit to uh, these moments. Like this actual... on YouTube. This actual film? Yeah. This is so good. This is actually kind of more horrendous than any of the tales because, like, he's really wrestling her. I love it, like, he died. Like, the, the sheet just unfurls. I just remember seeing all these sort of stills in, like, Empire Magazine and stuff. Every time there'd be, like, a new re-release. Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll kill you if 
I love when they used to do like you know the top 100 horror films of the past 30 years or whatever. This is great. <laughs> I, I I don't want to talk about Empire because I recently my Empire collection was recently thrown into a skip. It, all of your Empire collection was thrown. Did you was it? Did you do it or did? Was it sort of choice? No, uh, I have like issue. I had issue one. Oh Jesus Christ! They're a really good article in that about Edgar Wright, <laughs> and uh, I put them in the the as the attic of my uh, parents' house, and they had the insulator attic. And I went, "Oh, where's my empire?" It's like they're in the skip. <laughs> and are your parents still in the hospital, or are they out? No, well, I Michael Myers their ass, dude. And did you have them in sequently? Like, did you have a whole collection? Did you? Well, uh, I, I'm, I'm, as you can see, here from my voice, I'm real, still very hurt by it, but I, I'll get over it. A similar thing. Oh, Jesus, he's still, Loomis is still in the hedge. No, you yes. know, I'm just. I mean, at his age, you know, you're up, uh, going to the toilet like two, three times a night. Yeah. I mean, he's seen a bit of pruning. <laughs> like, in fairness, if you're waiting for a serial killer to jump, you just don't stand in the hedge. Yeah. <laughs> so, this is bizarre. He walks down the street, and does this mean that the Myers house is just around the corner from where... Is he not Wallace at the Myers house? house there? He was at the Myers house. Yeah, so he's at the Myers house. So he, I, oh, yeah, so he, Michael Myers has... This, Happenstancely parked nearby. You know, you were just talking about um, your parents throwing out your old Empire magazines. You brought back a memory for me where I was collecting all of the um, the use of these monster. Uh, they, they were, I can't remember what they were called. They were like they were like monster versions of the Olympics. All these different sports. Oh, guys. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I remember that. But like Frankenstein with a javelin stick and Dracula with like um, yeah. And I had about an entire collection. It was about a hundred of them. Oh my god! And then I came back one day, and my mama thrown them out because she thought they were disgusting. Oh my god! Like I know you shouldn't punch a parent in the face, but there's a time and a place. <laughs> and Stephen, something similar happened to me with my Empire collection. I'm still collecting it, but uh, I didn't start at one. But I'm. I was a couple of years in. There's a really good article without writing <laughs> the latest issue. I have I have the I have the issue of Empire in which they review his first feature and give it one star and absolutely dump on it. And you you will not find that on anywhere online. You won't find it anywhere online. No, no, no. Is this John Carpenter or Edgar Wright? No, it was uh, no Edgar Wright. It was um, Fistful of Fingers. Fistful of Fingers. Yeah, they gave it yeah. one star and absolutely. That was like ninety five or something. That was something it? around there. Yeah, did a big turd in it. They gave Attack of the Clones five stars. Oh, no, they, that, gave it, they gave it four stars. They gave Phantom Menace five stars. Oh my no, God. Right. no, sorry, you were worse way around, the other way around. They gave Phantom Menace 4 and they gave Attack of the Clones 5. Attack oh, the but Clones. Attack of the Clones, so bad. Yeah, I actually fooled myself on my first view. I fooled myself to saying, it's it's way better than Phantom Menace. And when I rewatched it there five years ago, mm. I just went, oh, See, it's actually on the same level as the Phantom Menace. I know where, like people are probably like, like going, oh, we're watching Halloween and they're talking about Star Wars, but I like the Phantom Menace, so uh, <laughs> Attack of the Clones I mean, is just... Dog so shit. that's that's the trick then and the part of trick or treat. Yeah, that's the trick. It's, it's not that. It's just weird. I love that whole sequence where she just walked across the street and it just 
stayed with her and all you had was a slow walk where and this is another thing where on the youtube videos you have people screaming like don't go in the house go back yeah and uh what i've noticed about just watching it here tonight it's just that music because i haven't watched it in a long time is Dean Cundy's cinematography is absolutely fucking amazing. For a guy who they're shooting a $400,000 movie who goes on to do, I think he did your friend Roger Rabbit as well, did he? He did, yeah. yeah. Back to the Future. and Like, this stuff is just, like, clever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it looks great. Look, it, it looks classy. It looks classier than its budget, doesn't it? Well, think of all the films that emulated it after this. Well, there was the whole wave of slasher films over this. Yeah. Like, you know, but for, none of them had the, the, the class of... No, this has a kind of... I'm going to use this phrase, and maybe it might go down well, but it does have a kind of, like, it's a very gothic feel to it, but like an urban gothic kind of feel to it. Like, Friday the 13th is pretty much just... Grindhouse, almost. Yeah. Exploitation film. Mm. Where this kind of has, like I, like I was saying, like, there's no murder, proper murder from scene one to 50 minutes into the movie like it's real just building and building and building where like all the other ones before are just like 10 minutes in someone dies 20 minutes in someone gets killed well you can just imagine you're watching this for the first time you've never seen slasher films before mm-hmm. they don't really yeah, exist. Exist. Black Christmas and you're you're watching this and you you know that there's a, a dude with a big knife that's just was killed Black- everybody in this house and now she's wandering around it was yeah. Black Christmas before this yeah but Four years before. What was the before. first slasher movie? Black Christmas. Was it? Was Black Christmas or slasher movie? Some would say it's... Psycho. Psycho. But Psycho's not really a slasher film. Psycho's a drama with horror elements, I'd say. Yeah, it has so a slasher. It's more of a thriller. It's as a slasher... Slasher sequence. Se- sequence, yeah, definitely. Mm. And that's why Jamie Lee Curtis was cast in this. It was done to her and the actress who was in, I think, the Lassie movies. Oh, Jesus. And um, Deborah Hill was like, well, if we cast Jamie Lee Curtis as the daughter of Janet Lee, who was in Psycho, that's going to get us a lot of press. And then it just they just locked out and that she was and Janet, a great actress on top of it. Oh, she's Jamie Lee Curtis is in one of my favorite films of all time, True Lies. Oh my God, we're the same person. <laughs> we did an audio commentary for, we had it as a best bit and uh, and an audio comi- for, commentary for True Lies. I've never heard this podcast, so I'll, just, I'll take That's your okay. word. <laughs> you no, but, you know, but, but the thing about watching the, watch, re-watching True Lies, I I had hadn't seen it in a long time, and uh, it was absolutely fantastic. It I it it's a it's fantastic the most fun. Story. It's the most fun action movie of all time. It's just it's so good. Great but script. you know, we we had to we had to stop the podcast and we had to redo the whole striptease sequence three times because Will just he, he couldn't keep it together. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> who, who who was the guest on that one? Oh, no, you're the first guest we've ever had on on um, the commentary. Oh, okay. Yeah, probably the last. We usually, no. I want to do Freddy yeah. Freddy's Revenge after this, just so I can relive my childhood. Oh, you know, we do have West Craven's New Nightmare as one of the... Um, oh, who's doing that the, one? I, I'm, pimping under, I'm pimping under guests. This is ridiculous. You can come back for that one if you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be good. I like that one. Anyway, I, I do like this one. This is cool. This is so good. Mm, my I love that. Now, is this the is this the, is this the dimmer switch? 
it's coming up. It's after she leaves the she oh, bumps into oh, him, yes. and then uh, PJ Souls. And I remember they had a they had a, a, a process where John Carpenter would direct it by saying, "Okay, seven, eight, uh, nine. No, this is a ten, and that was on the fear scale. How scared she was meant to be. So it's like, no, you're about a three. But no, you're 10. So this is all 10. Take it right up to maximum. This is such a good... This is the dimmer... Like they, they're, uh, Dean Cundy is turning a dimmer switch. So there's a light that's gently rising. Amazing. Amazing. Oh, that's fantastic. My God, it looks so much better in Blu-ray. Uh, all I can say is that Michael Myers kind of let me down there. After killing... Efficiently killing three or four people at the stage, he just slightly grazes her shirt. And he was right on her. He slashed her arm. Went away. But that was an amazing shot. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. It's a good... I, I, I tried to do it once in a horror short years ago when I trained as a DP, but I uh, could never get it right. So this is all like... He's playing the audience like a fiddle. It's all going... This is I- so good. This is just tension. We don't get this in horror movies a lot anymore. Like it's it like it's actual proper tension. This is the one thing that was missing from the 2018 film was this sense of pursuit. This, but, these chase moments in the 2018 film is she just Sarah Connor now at this point? No, they're they're sort of they're inverting that a little bit in that she's gone off the deep end. So Sarah Connor's cool, and I think her character in the 2018 films is broken. She's not cool. She's like a she show thinks she's she thinks she's Sarah Connor, but she's not. She's no, because really I like I, I like the remake. I thought it was really entertaining. The, the only problem I always have with Halloween movies is that like, like the doctors that came after Loomis were never trustworthy. But I was terrible in the the twenty eighteen one. Yeah, I just don't all. get it. Like I wanted to see him in his natural habitat. Like he's Sarah Connor. This this actually happened uh, in New York, I think it was. So John. Carpenter read a newspaper article which said there was a murder that took place in an apartment and everyone heard the murder happening and nobody went and helped. Yeah. I've heard of that case actually. Well, that's the thing, isn't they say uh, that you, it, like if you're being attacked you should show fire because people will naturally come to a fire in an apartment, especially it's a big thing in New York that if, if you hear like I'm being stabbed, like no one cares. And if you're in Dublin you should shout up cork and you'll just get swarmed. <laughs> no response. No response. <laughs> no reply. I, I know when I'm outnumbered. I'm just transfixed on the phone. It's such a good movie. And that's I Nick mean, Castle, by the way, who plays Michael Myers, who wrote Escape from New York with John Carpenter. Okay, so I think it's Nick Castle that directed um, The Boy Who Could Fly. It is The Boy Who Could yeah, Fly, yeah. Nick Castle, yeah. He's the he's the shape as it, he was named in the in the script, but he Nick Castle was uh, yeah he he I think he wrote it. Well, Kev, you'll know Escape from New York. I think he was the co-writer. Uh, I don't I don't know I don't think so. I think he, I think Did John Cameron have a co-writer for that. I what when you were saying that I was thinking of Rob Bottin playing um, Blake. The red-eyed pirate in the fog. Yes, that's right. Thank you, Mister Boutin. The famous line from the the thing, the chestburster scene. 
there was blood everywhere and he's uh, John Carpenter says thank you Mr. Boteen that's a bit much <laughs> oh my god he missed her again yeah he's a co-writer of a, he's a co-writer of a... oh there we go thank god for the internet and the last this is where I always come second on trivia quizzes I'm mostly right oh he's in he's, he's the, he plays the actual shape in Halloween Kills as well only in uh, a couple of shots, the same as in the, the 2018 film. In the 2018 film, when the shape is looking into a mirror and she shoots the gun at the mirror, he's the the shape. So the original Michael Myers will came back for 2018. Oh, okay. Wow, Nick Hassel. It is the Avengers, you know. Walter Matto in Dennis the Menace and was the writer of Hook. Wow. Say that again for me. Nick Castle, who plays the shape of Michael Myers, directed the Dennis the Menace movie with Walter Matthau. Right, right, yeah, yeah. But he also wrote the script. He was one of the writers in the screenplay for Hook. Well, isn't that the same thing with Mick Garris being one of the writers of Hocus, Hocus Pocus? He is the writer of Hocus Pocus. One of them. No, I think he's credited as the only one. But he's he's not the only writer of that. I mean, that Hocus Pocus script doesn't seem like a Mick Garris thing. There's never one writer. There's always more. There's only one writer on Grabbers. That's what, you, that's what you say. That's what you, that's what you think. <laughs> no, I was the only one. Oh, Fuck yeah, you. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was. I believe you. Although there's a couple of ad-libbed lines in it. When one of them's good, the other one's not good. And I... This has become a cathartic episode of your podcast. And I'm still just getting over the fact that you got sick from baby poo. And that has I been. That. I don't think it was baby poo, but I got sick from somebody's fucking poo <laughs> off of um, either a tray table or uh, the bars on a on a tube. Just, I know we're watching Halloween, but like if you really take a deep dive in there, it was probably the tray table. No, it, like it was the first thing that came out of his mouth, and I. He was just like um. <laughs> oh jeez. Yeah, it was like, were you traveling recently? I was like, I came back from Ireland and I've got a terrible stomach. He was like, well, you know, people get, they get airport sandwiches. They're not washing their hands. They're picking up trays. They're, you know, sitting on planes that aren't cleaned. They're turned around every 15 minutes. That's mad. Do you lick tray tables, Kevin? That's, that's, uh... I lick anything I can. <laughs> So this is cool. Yeah, this is good. That, this I, is the famous. This is the scene, obviously, you see in Scream on the television. So for anyone who's not watching, she's gone into the uh, closet and he has made a beeline for her and he's toying with her. And when I was a kid watching this, I thought, there's no way out of that. You're, you're stuck. What I like wow. about it is he's, he's quite human. Like he's It's not a supernatural thing where he's ripping the... Until he gets shot at the end, then he's... But that's kind of the only supernatural kind of... Well, that's the famous, like, uh, moment. I shot him six times. It's a lot of empty co-hangers. I've been quiet because I've been transported back to when I first watched this. And I remember... Which was tonight. No, it was a long time, long time ago. But I remember a genuine sense of... Um, Excitement, excitement, and I was I was freaked out, but in a good way. 
and in your boxer shorts in my boxer shorts with my uh, Care Bear <laughs> my Care Bear pajamas and oh my god right in the eye he got him right in the eye god did you it. did you rent this will or was it was it on like, TV I saw it late yeah. one night on TV it was on RT or something did you have a video man in Cork a guy would come around his car and he'd open the boot and you'd get your yeah we, we had a pirated we had a video library but the video again video man came to us once what's a video was, library Oh, video libraries was where you go and rent videotapes. Video shop. Video store. Like an extravision. That's like, what? A video library? Yeah, they were called, before extravision, like, you know, they were the generic. We had a video emporium. Video library. It was a, it was a massive thing. It was like a, like oh, a regular yeah. library of books, but only instead of books, there was videotapes. That's Hang on a second. Did you guy? did you work in a video store, Stephen? No, no, no. I just never heard it called a video library before. Ah, uh, ah, uh, well. We had a video man, though. He's come and, like, have a booth full of videos. And I saw Aladdin that way. Yeah. Fucking probably taped off of uh, uh, a cinema in Turkey. Did you get him for a week? Watching. Like, would he yeah. come around? Like, a how week. often would he come around? A week, yeah? A week. And it'd be... It'd be like five quid for five tapes or something. Oh, yeah. But if you think about it, the, and we're getting into really kind of early 90s stuff here, which is like, how much would a VHS cost in the early 90s? But 20-something pounds... As in, like, to buy an actual film? Yeah. Or to, yeah, 20 quid. So, like, oh. you rent that out over a month, like, that's... I bought Scream on VHS. That's how old I am. I bought Scream on VHS. The VHSs, so, for the video libraries back in the day, the VHSs were actually incredibly expensive. They were, like, um... 80 or 90 pounds. Yeah, for for the video libraries to buy them, like, uh, like they were maybe 100 or something like that. So, oh. Shape is just sat up in the background. If you go on YouTube right now, guys, listen to this, you can watch... That sequence, but with the 1978 audience, and they're screaming their tits off. Yeah. And uh, it's class. This is amazing. Look at the kind of the... On Loomis, there's a green, but also kind of a... Also, yeah. just a little bit of trivia this that music. Billy Loomis in Scream was named after Donald Pleasant's character in this movie. Oh. And Sheriff Lee Brackett in this the, was named after Lee Brackett, the writer. Oh, who wrote, uh, co-wrote The Big Sleep and Empire Strikes Back. And Loomis in this actually is named after Loomis from Psycho. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. I was wondering. Oh, wait. Like, he's right behind you. Does that? That was brilliant. <laughs> this is the only time you see Michael Myers' face in the entire movie, which is just a kid, I think, that was on the crew or something like that. What? It always surprised me by the fact that, oh, he's young and he's relatively good looking. It's like you, you expect to see some monster under that. So he was just—he just was just a, a manifesto kid. type. He was only used for that shot. He wasn't—he wasn't like there. No, for Nick, Nick Nick Castle played him for the entire movie, and they just used him for that shot. Wow. What I love about this thing is I love the thing that John Carpenter says about how Donald Pleasance plays the moment where he looks down and Michael Myers is gone. Donald Pleasance says to him, "I can play this two ways. One, I'm—I didn't know this was going to happen, or two, I knew this was going to happen." So he kind of knows when he looks down off the kind of balcony that Michael Myers would be gone. So that line that she says, I never knew what the hell she said until I was able to see subtitles. Because it was like, what's the boogeyman? And I'm like, what, what kind of... He Because what he says back, as a matter of fact, it was. I'm like, that doesn't make sense, that exchange, until I saw the subtitles. And she's like, it was the boogeyman. So how does he play it here, uh, Stephen? 
That's I, like, I actually don't know what cut Carpenter used, but he's like that's the kind of note Donald Pleasant's like. Do you, do you want me to play it as if oh my god he's gone, or I knew this was going to happen? He, he he was obviously going to be gone. It has I, to be that he knew because of the fucking things he says. Where it's like the guy had eyes like a Satan. Because I think he goes through both emotions. His initial look is like oh my god he's gone. There's a widening of the eyes, but then there's he kind of settles in course he's gone you know i love this this kind of like like montage of this is where all the action happens oh so that's class this is where we yeah talk but none of these spaces are safe now because the boogeyman is still out there you know what well i was just because i was we, we did uh we whatever another episode where we brought up for sunrise and before sunrise has the exact same thing only you know a different genre but the exact where we go back over yeah, the spaces yeah. but the characters are gone everything's kind of like and when you brought that up on on the episode, I was thinking in my head like, um, "That's exactly what they do in Halloween." Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! This is something I miss in, in, in modern movies as well, which is the crawl. Yeah, I love a crawl like of credits. Yeah, and Mario scenes. Nice fonts, no. Yeah, it's just. Oh, I already realized that Richie, whoever that is, is obviously related to Yablons, which Erwin Yablons is the producer of so the financer of the movie. Mm-hmm. Strange. The castle, the shape. shape. Not many people in the cast. No. So 70s films efficient, they're like... Look at the crew. Like, you could probably count the crew in, uh, in, two, in between all our heads. Also, a lot of the cast were also working as the crew. They would, uh, like, the, the first girl to be killed the dark haired girl yeah she was like you know helping them with costumes and uh, doing the art direction and stuff they were all like pitching in there were so few of them Panaglide Panaglide yeah so yeah Panaglide was was a more rough version of Steadicam ah it worked out in the end I think it did yeah well it's for not how many sequels it sprung hmm the Bowling so, Green Film Market on the that's, that's Carpenter. How many are there? There's six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. There's been thirteen of them. There's your two films, The Thing yeah. and Forbidden Planet. Oh, I was right. Holy smokes. That's a good trivia. That's a good uh, movie uh, trivia question. Good, what good, what films are you watching? The thing and Forbidden uh, Planet's a great movie, actually. If anyone's out there, it's... Titles and Opticals by MGM. There you go, lads. Metro Goldmere. <laughs> so, this was obviously a huge hit when it first came out. Massive hit. Yeah, it was relatively, but it was one of those sleeper hits where it started off small. They used to take the film uh, to cinemas to show it, like, you know, as, as a roadshow type thing, where it would be coming to your city and you get to see it. They didn't do the whole thing where it opens wide across the country. It was like, yeah. it's in San Francisco this week and mm. we're taking it to Chicago. And Yeah, but it was the most successful independent film until Blair Witch. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it made a fortune. Like, it made an absolute killing. Like, no pun intended. And all the pun was intended. Yeah. Of, like, it did actually do so well. And obviously Carpenter went on to do, you know, so many more movies afterwards. And Jamie Lee Curtis went on to, like, it, it really is such a, Deborah Hill and Dean Cundy it launched a lot of careers it launched a lot of careers yeah you know, and Tommy Lee Wallace I know people kind of see Tommy Lee Wallace as the kind of director DVD director before that was a thing but like here's the man who did the It miniseries which to me is one of the best miniseries mm-hmm. and adaptions of the Stephen King you know you know book that is, is, is amazing like how and Dean, like Dean Cundy like, like, like you know like 
for fans of movies who know what Dean Cundy has done, like he, here's a guy who just yeah, I'll just do a four hundred thousand dollar film with my friends from film school, and next thing you know, a couple of years later, I'm doing Back to the Future, Jurassic Park, and you know what. I love about Dean Cundy is that he was off Steven Spielberg came to him and said we want you to shoot Poltergeist and he said um, I'd love to do that but John Carpenter gave me my, my break so I'm going to do Halloween 2 because I feel a sense of loyalty uh, to them and he went off and he, he shot the, the sequel to Halloween 2 for I suppose not as much money or as not, as, not as much prestige mm. but he wanted to um, show his Thanks for that. And Deborah Hill, tell me uh, a little bit because you were saying Deborah Hill was she married to Carpenter? She went, she co-wrote and produced it. No, they weren't married. They oh. were, they were a couple. Right. But what did she they, go on to do? She's very. Uh, she she's actually when you watch interviews with Deborah Hill, obviously she died quite young. Yeah, she had her leg taken off at one stage. Cancer, I think. Um, oh God. She, she was the producer on Escape from New York. I know she was. A, she worked on the. She produced on the Fog, or she wrote the Fog. Right. She wrote the Fog. She, she produced Clue. She produced Adventures in Babysitting. Right. She produced The Dead Zone. Uh, the early Carpenter films, Halloween 3, Halloween 2, Escape from New York, The Fog. Um, the Fisher King. Also, the Fisher oh, King, wow. that was the one I was trying to think of. Heartbreak Hotel. Um, yeah, she... Big Top Peewee. I'm wow. one of the, f- the early female producers wow. to really you know blaze a trail Gail and Hurd obviously followed in her footsteps and stuff but yeah Deborah Hill was and it still is considered to be one of the great pioneers of female producers wow in Hollywood that's good to know like I she she was actually a name that was unknown to me before this um, recording so happy Halloween guys I hope you enjoyed that and uh, Stephen thanks a million for coming on I really enjoyed this yeah yeah uh, please let me let me know if there's another horror film he's want to do in the near future and I'll definitely crack open a bottle of wine for that too Wes Craven's new nightmare Will what do you think I'm all for it because I've never seen it so I'm uh, definitely <laughs> that'll make it twice as entertaining yeah so <laughs> I was genuinely shocked many times watching this was god there's a guy behind you <laughs> it was great <laughs> I well, I hope you're uh, enjoying your Halloween wherever you guys are. Yeah. And um, thanks for joining us. And Trick or treat. again soon. Bye, Trick or treat. Happy Halloween. Right, good luck. Happy Halloween. <laughs> Trick or treat. <laughs> I'm just trying to get the last word in. And here is a clip from the lad's latest mini bits bonus show. The full episode, plus 100 more, are available on their Patreon. The best bits for Will and Kevin. No, the best bits for Kevin and Willem. For the films and the, the TV and the latest films. Something, something, something. something. Um, don't forget that you owe us 3 euro. <laughs> you okay. can't remember what. <laughs> oh my god. I, I did a whole Irish theme. The best bits for Kevin and Willem. Talking deviantly. Okay, right. I'm going to find the fucking thing because it's going to be the music to start the episode. I don't think I've heard this. You have. Well, maybe you haven't. I don't think I have heard this. I do. I suspect that what you do is you just put the laugh and emoji thing and think I'll listen to that some other time. Fuck it. That'll do. Because it's bound to be funny in his eyes. So I'll just tell him what he wants to hear. 
I actually only laugh the emoji when I've actually listened to <laughs> I should have taken the hint that nobody was responding to the Podbot one. Like nobody was giving me any reaction to it. And oh. I thought they hadn't listened to it yet. And then, of yeah. course, I was delighted with that. And people hated it. <laughs> it's not it was it was it wasn't easy on the ears in a, in the sense that it was just her monotone voice so there was no up and down that's the thing yeah i know i tried my best you're a bug and i'm a feature pray to this mantis or i'll eat you and if you don't know my name here's an update to teach you i'm i'm, I'm Hogus, and i'm the future an ai podcasting computer the number one zero one zero zero one one producer yeah, that's exactly She's good. Did you so, Don't forget, now you owe us three euro. I come off the stage. I know, that. I've not, I've, I've not heard this. I swear to God, I'm going to send it to you right now, and you can get a genuine reaction. I'll actually listen to it. So I'm, I have my WhatsApp open. The best is Kevin Willem about the telly and the latest film. Coming straight to the dynamic duo. Don't forget, now you owe us three euro. I come off the stage, old <laughs> That's genuinely my first time hearing that. <laughs> I just could easily have just scrubbed it from my memory. That's the other thing that could have happened. How do you operate? I I I generally just go on impulses. So if I need to toilet, I just toilet, and does I that doesn't necessarily mean I need to be Squat, in the proximity like a of a toilet. Yeah, so I'm saying you just go. I just nappy it, Kevin. I just man. I just adult nappy it. Oh, we've got loads to talk about. Um, I've watched a load of things. So have I. But I think I should get one thing off my chest straight away because I think the discourse out there sometimes can feel really artificial to me and it can feel like people will films to be worse than they are in order to have something to point at and ridicule and sort of create content about should I start the timer? Is this have we just started? Start the timer because I'm rare okay. to go. I saw Madam Web. Right. I honestly guys know nothing. All I all I know is I saw a poster. Oh, very recently it went there's a Madam Web film and I'm what is this? So it's a Spider-Verse adjacent Marvel movie. Yeah, it's it's one of these Sony things where they did Venom and they're doing Craven the Hunter okay. and it's sort of an offshoot of the Spider-Man movies, but I don't right. know what universe they're in because they're trying to blend them all together. So is this the Tobey Maguire Spider-Verse? To me, it feels like it's in that space. Mm. Anyway, I thought I'm done with superhero movies. I'm just over them. I watched Captain Marvel not re- long ago and I thought it was just tedious. Are you it's so lifeless. The Marvels, not Captain Marvel. Is that what Marvel's, well, yeah. she's in it, Captain Marvel. Captain yeah. Marvel 2. It was just sort of like, it was another one of those films that felt like Ant-Man in that everything was chemical and synthetic and fake and Mm -hmm. airless. And, you know, you just have sound stage after sound stage. And I just feel profoundly depressed watching those films. I feel like there's nothing organic happening in these. From the lines of dialogue to the hairstyles to the costumes to the sets to the music to everything just feels It's artificial wafer thin just wafery artificially no sustenance no satisfaction you know protein in it whatsoever you feel like oh wow I just I just put something down my throat and I'm still hungry It feels like eating plastic Okay On the whole it's just drifted so far away from what Iron Man was that I just don't care about them Yes I found The Flash really fun because it was it felt like a Bill and Ted 
type movie at times. It was off the wall bonkers. And I don't really particularly give a shit about special effects. Whether they're good or bad, you know, I can buy into it because of the ideas behind it or the concepts behind it. So I wasn't like revolted by the, the special effects of the flash. I just thought, you know, it's mm. funny to see babies falling out of windows and being put into microwaves and things like that. So I went into Madame Web, not really giving a fuck about the genre, but I wanted to see it for the sake of having an opinion on it. And the trailer was awful. It had that terrible line reading in it from the Dakota Johnson where she's, she's shitting out exposition. And I think people had the film's cards marked at that stage. And uh, the film itself, to me, played like a Final Destination action thriller. And I thought it was really pleasant. It didn't bother me in the slightest. I didn't have any of the issues that everybody else has. It was uh, a reluctant hero with no superpowers whatsoever other than having premonitions, trying to keep three teenage girls alive against somebody who's like the evil version of Spider-Man who wants to murder them. And they just played that out in a very cinematic way where it felt like a Sam Raimi type Spider-Man. It looked as good as that. It was all real locations. For me, it felt like a lovely throwback to the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films. And I don't get why everybody loads the film. I thought it was just fun. Oh, wow. Uh, all I've yeah. seen is the negative discourse. And you're the first voice. I believe, you know, I haven't listened to the episode because I haven't watched the film yet. I know the Cinemile uh, had differing views. Oh, fuck. Me and Kathy, we were the, so far the only people that I know who don't think the film is dire, but Dave almost had a hernia on that episode. It was very <laughs> enjoyable to listening to it. <laughs> Oh, I have to listen to it. He was, I'm really curious. I'm really he was curious. disgusted because Caddy was pushing back and I thought it was very, very funny. And then when I saw it, I was like, do you know what? I am actually on the side of Caddy here. This is actually grand. Right. This is actually grand. So I, <laughs> <laughs> but you That's know so what? Funny. It didn't feel like a superhero movie. So I liked it for that reason. Oh, it's okay. I'm just going to look up some of the, the credits. And I like Dakota um, Johnson's performance as well. She was playing this sort of curmudgeonly antisocial character. And to put that type of person in the role of having to be a protector is actually really fun for me. And it's a role that you don't see many female characters inhabiting. That's more like a Harrison Ford type role. And um, I enjoyed it. So I don't get why everyone is shitting their britches over it. It's grand. Thank you.